Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Rams Up, your weekly L.A. Rams podcast, bi-weekly during the season. We are a proud member of the Pigskin Podcast Network. We'll cover other SoCal sports items of interest, but we're mostly about your Los Angeles Rams. I'm your host, Mark. Let's get to it. Welcome back, Ram fans. This is episode 35, and we are primed for that showdown between the Los Angeles Rams and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this Sunday at SoFi. We'll get to that shortly, and we'll also have our week three game picks and our three Ps feature, whose fans are pumped, whose are pissed, and whose are totally perplexed. Get through some news here first and a couple of comments. My goal after a Sunday game is to get my podcast published in the wee hours of Monday morning at the latest. And in doing so, sometimes I miss things. Got a bit of a time crunch on our hands. And last week I did. Someone pointed out I should have celebrated Cooper Cup's performance more. And they're right. I mean, I probably could have talked for two hours about Cup's performance. I did mention his two big catches There were several others, though, with five minutes left, that third down conversion. That was a big play, one of the biggest plays of the game, and I didn't even mention it. Just a great performance overall by Cooper Cup. Looks like he's finally getting the notoriety he should. 
maybe on his way to his first Pro Bowl. I'll even say this about Cooper Cup at this point. Prior to the season, one of my fearsome four questions was, will Cooper Cup or Robert Woods enter that wide receiver Hall of Fame that the Rams have been nurturing all these years? If there's two positions the Rams have really excelled at, it's running back and wide receiver. You look at those wide receivers, Elroy, Crazy Legs, Hirsch, Tom Fears, Jack Snow, Henry Ellard, Isaac Bruce, Torrey Holt. I asked that question, are we going to be talking about Cooper Cup in the same way as we do those guys? I think my answer to that was yes. But now I'll say it's an emphatic yes. Cooper Cup on his way to joining those other great Ram wide receivers. And I don't think any team can match the Rams in that regard. Cooper Cup on his way to joining them, perhaps. And by the way, top three receivers in the league right now, all from the NFC West, Debo Samuel, Tyler Lockett, and and our own Los Angeles Ram, Cooper Cup. Other guys I should have mentioned more, Sony Michelle came in for Daryl Henderson. Offense did not miss a beat. Guy was ready, knew the playbook. Good job, Sony Michelle. He was critical to closing out that win. And Matt Gay, one of my biggest concerns moving into this season. How much faith should we have in Matt Gay? Hey, he's looked pretty solid to me. I feel really good about our kicking game right now. Clutch kicking by Matt Gay. Kudos to him. So game balls to all three of those guys, Cup, Michelle, and Gay. Some pro football focus ratings. Brian Allen, the second highest graded center. Last week against the Colts, Aaron Donald scored a 92.1 by Pro Football Focus, and Quentin Nelson had a career-low 52.2 going up against Donald for the most part. Now, he was banged up, got to cut him some slack, but still quite a difference in Pro Football Focus scoring between two of the best players in the league. Troy Reader, career best 90.0. He had the interception, remember. And another stat that will make you feel better about our offensive line. There are three offensive tackles who have given up zero pressures while playing over 40 pass-blocking snaps. One of them, our own right tackle, Rob Havenstein. Some snap counts from last week of interest. Ramsey, the only defender who was in for all 67 snaps. Taylor Rapp, Darius Williams, and Jordan Fuller all missed a snap somewhere. I do not know where. After Kenny Young was ejected, Ernest Jones had nine snaps, the rookie draft pick for the Rams. Defensive backfield, Robert Rochelle had 14 snaps. Terrell Burgess had just one. That surprised me. I really expected Terrell Burgess to be a big contributor. Right now, it looks like he's just providing depth. Rochelle must be impressing. He's on the field. Terrell Burgess is not. Some news out of Tampa Bay. Antonio Brown is on the COVID list. He needs two negative test results 24 hours apart to be eligible to play Sunday. So... Bucks may not have him. That'll help the Rams' cause. Hey, here's another stat of interest. Rams for football outsiders. The number five team offensively by DVOA. The number four team defensively by DVOA. And the number two team overall. Bad news, they're number 32 when it comes to special teams. And that does not surprise me. Aside from Matt Gay, things have not been pretty. And by the way, a lot of these stats I'm sharing with you, my shy special assistant who knows everything but prefers to remain anonymous, 
He's constantly scouring Twitter, getting information from reliable sources and sharing with me. So I don't pretend that these are my stats. I'm regurgitating stuff from some of the NFL experts out there, just to be clear on that. But one thing shared on Twitter, McVay versus Todd Bowles, the Tampa Bay defensive coordinator. Two games, the Rams have passed the ball 121 times, rushed the ball 26 times. The result, 931 yards, 67 points. And this all despite six Jared Goff turnovers across those two games. So McVay's been winning that matchup. Let's hope it continues Sunday. On the injury front, Daryl Henderson, we're still waiting to hear about him. Some rib cartilage concerns. Probably won't know till Sunday morning, I have a feeling. And I'm wondering if they'll activate running back Buddy Howe from the practice squad if Henderson can't go. I can't imagine that they would roll with just Sony Michelle and Jake Funk. And I can't imagine they would bring up JV and Hawkins, the running back they just signed to the practice squad after letting OJ Anderson go. Hawkins been there, what, for a week? 5'8, 183. Can't imagine he's ready. Can't imagine he'd add much. But Buddy Howe, a bigger back, 6'1, 218. Been with the team for a few weeks. Maybe he'll get a shot or at least be on the sideline for emergency service. Not sure about Justin Lawler. He broke his hand, and I had heard that he still may be able to go. They may be able to cast that up and let him roll. I see that as a long shot. I don't see any reason to do that. They have enough edge guys as it is, especially with Garrett back in the fold. And that's right, Chris Garrett, the Rams' rookie edge rusher, is off the COVID list, so he will be in uniform Not sure if he'll be active, but he's good to go. I wanted to touch on power rankings. CBS Sports surprised me. They had the Bucks one, the Niners two, and the Rams third. I don't know. Niners are a good team. I get it. I don't think they deserve that number two slot at this point. NFL.com's power rankings made a little more sense. Bucks were one, Chiefs were two, Bills were three, and the Rams were four. So much like I will here in a second, they're given the Bills and Chiefs, both mulligans, the Bills for that poor performance on opening day, and the Chiefs for their basically choke job against the Ravens at home in week two. I'm not going to go through my entire power rankings. I'm going to share with you my elite eight, one through eight. Got to give the Bucks credit. They're number one. I got the Rams at number two. The Chiefs at number three, uncharacteristic choke at the end there, but the Chiefs are still a great football team. Please don't try to convince me they don't belong in that top three or four. Much like NFL.com, I give the Bills a mulligan. I have them at number four. I have the Browns at five. The Niners at six with their two wins over the Lions and Eagles. I got the Cardinals at seven. Let's be honest, they should have lost against the Vikings at home. Offense has been electric, crazy good, lots of fun. But giving up that many points to the Vikings spells trouble down the road, perhaps. And number eight, hey, the Raiders deserve it. I'm putting the Raiders at number eight. And the two teams outside looking in, the Ravens and the Cowboys. And to be honest with you, I think the Ravens and Cowboys are better teams than the Raiders. I think they'll end up in the end higher than the Raiders in the power rankings. But let's give the Raiders credit. 
They beat the Ravens at home in overtime, and then they travel to Pittsburgh and snag a win there against the Steelers, a team that had just beat the Bills on opening day. So those are my Elite Eight. We're going to come back with that preview of the Rams and Bucks in a moment. Rams up on the Pigskin Podcast Network. Week two of football is in the books, and now it's time to review the tape and get ready for week three with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code TPPN to receive $150 in free bets. When you place a $1 bet on any football game, that's promo code TPPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. If Sportsbook is not yet available in your state, DraftKings still has huge cash prizes up for grabs all season long with their daily fantasy contests. New customers, don't miss out at your free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. A lot of people had this game circled on their calendar this Sunday, 1.25 p.m. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers roll into SoFi Stadium to take on the Rams. They're both 2-0, probably recognized as the top two teams in the league right now. At least they should be. Let's look at the history of these teams. The Rams lead the series 17-9. Recent games, the Rams beat the Bucs last year in Tampa Bay 27-24. It's funny, I could have sworn it wasn't that close. Neither team could run the ball. They are both chucking it all over the field. Jared Goff, 376 yards and three TDs. Cooper Cup, 11 receptions for 145 yards. Kind of been his average this year, actually. Two teams combined for 79 yards rushing. Both teams shut down the ground attack. Jordan Fuller coming out, game for him. He had two interceptions. The 199th player picked in the draft, picking off another guy picked 199 overall. Previous year was a low point for the Rams. Tampa Bay came to L.A. and shellacked our guys 55-40. to I remember thinking that game was just weird. We had a really good defense. Wade Phillips running the show, and we just got blown out. It's pretty embarrassing. Two of the three times the Rams have played in the Super Bowl, they went through Tampa Bay to get there. One was that shutout on the way to play the Steelers in the Super Bowl. And the other time, that Ricky Pearl catch that put the greatest show on turf in the Super Bowl. I've seen the Rams favored by a half and then one and a half. I think right now it's a pick em. I wouldn't be surprised if Tampa Bay ended up being favored in this game. Rams never get that much love. 
The Sharps may come in and put some money on them late. We'll see. Weather wise, well, funny you should ask. No surprise, a beautiful 75 degree day in Los Angeles. I suspect Stan will be leaving the windows open, so expect a gentle ocean breeze in the upper levels. Let's take a quick look at Tampa Bay. What did they do last year? Well, they finished 11 and 5, and may have forgotten this. They're actually a second place team, finished behind the Saints in the NFC South, led by Bruce Arians. They rolled into the playoffs, traveled to Washington and beat the Washington football team, traveled to New Orleans and beat the Saints, and then hosted the Packers beat them 31-26 on the way to a dominating performance in the Super Bowl against Kansas City. Statistically, they were, by yards per game, they were the seventh team in the league offensively, second in passing, and 28th rushing. And defensively, they were sixth. First against the rush, and remember that, we'll be talking about that a little bit later, and 21st against the pass. For comparison, the Rams, the number one defense in the league statistically, third against the rush, first against the pass. And never have last year's team stats been more relevant. The Buccaneers bring back every single one of their starters. Draft picks, the key guy they brought in, a guy I really liked, Joe Tryon, now goes by Joe Tryon Shalinka out of the University of Washington, an edge rusher. He hasn't started to make his mark yet, but I'm pretty certain he will. He was the last pick of the first round. Looks like a very promising player. I'm sure we'll hear his name called a little bit come Sunday. And if you're going to ask me about Tampa Bay's key players, well, with most teams, three or four guys come to mind. With Tampa Bay, there's quite a few. Tom Brady, Mike Evans, and Chris Godwin, the wide receivers. Antonio Brown, he was quiet last week, though. The defensive line, they got two beasts up there, Vita Vey and Sue, the old Ram. Between those two guys and those linebackers, Devin White and Levante David, very difficult to run against this defense. And a very strong offensive line anchored by Ali Marpet and Tristan Wirfs. Marpet is considered one of the best in the game. Injuries could be a factor. Still waiting to hear about Daryl Henderson. Justin Lawler could go, but Henderson is the key. Sonny Michelle and Jake Funk may have to carry the rock for us, but We may not know till Sunday morning if Henderson can go. This year, Tampa Bay has one of the easiest schedules in the league. So far, they've handled the Cowboys 31-29 in that exciting Thursday night opener. And then they beat the Falcons 48-25. Both of these games were at home, and the Falcons were actually in that game. So Tampa Bay could not have been too pleased with their defensive performance, especially. That was 28-25 at the start of the fourth quarter. And then... Bucks got a touchdown, and then they added two pick sixes, both by safety Mike Edwards, and that game was basically over. Matt Ryan did throw for 300 yards. Falcons only rushed for 55. Again, that highlight, you choose to try to run against these guys, you're not going to be too happy with the result. Really balanced passing attack between Evans, Godwin, Gronkowski, even Leonard Fournette, the running back, gets in on the action. Backup tight end O.J. Howard, and of course they have Antonio Brown lurking in the shadows. What are my fearsome four keys to the game? Fearsome key number one, that interior line has to hold up. Edwards, Allen, and Corbett need to at least fight to a standstill with Vea and Sue, especially in the passing game. I'm not too focused on running the ball against these guys, especially with these linebackers playing behind them. That's a tall order. Don't even bother. 
Just give Stafford a clean pocket. No negative yardage when you do run. Just don't get pushed around at the line of scrimmage, especially in the passing game. Fearsome key number two, we need to win the field position battle. We need to minimize the three and outs. We need to force some three and outs on the buck side. We can't be giving the bucks a short field, and we can't be giving ourselves a long field. Sometimes that just means picking up a couple first downs and punting the ball to the moon like Johnny used to do, force a couple three and outs, give our offense some short fields. It's going to be a high-scoring game. Three and outs are going to be killers for whichever offense suffers from them. This is going to be a high-scoring game. You force a couple of three and outs, that could be the difference. Fearsome key number three kind of ties into what I just said, but we need to get our special team squared away. Better punting, better kick coverage. No total disasters like last week. Cannot afford that in this game. We haven't had a really clean special teams game yet. No offense, Matthew Gay, you've been great. Just clean up the special teams. Fearsome key number four, we've got to do something to get in Tom Brady's face. Throw him some wrenches, something a little bit different. Don't let him stand back there like he has his whole career with seemingly five, six seconds to pass. I know that's an exaggeration, but it sure seems like it sometimes. Let's mix it up, make him uncomfortable. He'll make a couple of mistakes if we do that. Could be the difference. My prediction, well, I think this is going to be a high-scoring game. The over-under, I think, is 54. I would take the over on that. The Rams' defense is not playing at its best right now. The Buccaneers are vulnerable to a passing attack, and that's exactly what the Rams bring to the table right now. They're going to have to throw the ball around, and they will. Bucks will try to test the Rams' rush defense, but it's really going to come down to Brady versus Stafford. Cup, Woods, and Jefferson versus Evans, Godwin, and Brown. It's going to come down to Higby versus Gronkowski. Now, I realize these units don't face off against each other, but if one of them goes off, if Stafford and his receivers go off, if his receivers avoid the drops, if they produce in the red zone and the Bucks not so much, Rams win the game. And if the flip side happens, Bucks win. Rams will also need production from their running backs out of the backfield in the passing game. That's why we need Daryl Henderson back. It's going to be an air battle for the most part. Now that could change if the Bucks can expose the Rams' run defense. Then they'll move forward with that. But I still think Tom Brady will not be able to resist chucking the ball around in the limelight of Los Angeles. I'm going to take the Rams 34-26. to 26. And By the way, you will never hear me pick against the Rams. And this game's no exception. I think the Rams are the more dynamic team right now. I'm not going to tell you they have the better overall roster. But I think they have the playmakers and the mentality to knock the Buccaneers off, just like they did last year. Brady's coming in for revenge. You don't think he remembers that? He wants to come into L.A. so badly and come out with a win. I think the Rams will deny him. Close game, high-scoring game. Rams take it 34-26.
Last week, in our midweek drop, the Thursday morning drop, we introduced a new feature called our Happy Sad Fan segment. We asked the question, how do fans of each NFL team feel? Are they happy? Are they sad? Or are they somewhat confused? So we're going to revisit that again. We'll try to do this every Thursday morning drop. We're not going to go through all 32 teams, though. We're going to talk about the teams that obviously belong in one of these categories. How do these fans feel? And we're going to rename those categories a little bit. We're going to call them which fans are pumped, which fans are pissed, and which fans are just perplexed. We'll start with the pumped fans. Who's pumped? Well, probably the leader of the pack in this category is fans of the Carolina Panthers. They've opened with two wins. They beat a divisional rival, the Saints, who came in with some very valid excuses for a poor performance. But nonetheless, Panther fans got to be pumped, right? Thoroughly pumped. And right behind them, maybe even ahead of them if you think about it, Raider fans, Raider fans. Well, Raider fans were always pumped. They beat the Ravens at home and then travel to Pittsburgh and come back with a win there as well. So the Raiders are 2-0, and when they looked at their schedule, most astute Raider fans probably thought, you know what, we could come out of that 0-2. So they got to be thrilled. Who else is pumped? Tennessee Titan fans are pumped. They put in a poor performance in the opener, go out to Seattle, fall behind, bounce back with an overtime win in Seattle. So they may have just saved their season, right? They're only one and one, but you got to be pumped with that result. 0-2 staring you in the face, and suddenly you're one and one, pumped up about your team's chances. Denver Bronco fans are pumped. I think they need to pump the brakes a little bit. They've beat the Giants and the Jags, but still 2-0. Atop that division right now, tied with the Raiders. Got to be thrilled. And who else? The Baltimore Ravens fan base. They were thoroughly disappointed with those turnovers and the loss in Las Vegas. They come back and beat the Chiefs in Kansas City. So yes, the Baltimore Ravens fan base is pumped. I did not include the Rams here. As a Rams fan, I'm not necessarily pumped right now. I'm, I'm happy we're 2-0, but I can't say that I was pumped about our performance in Indianapolis. I was pumped about the way we overcame adversity, but I'm on the cusp of being pumped. Let's just say that. Who's pissed? Which fan bases are thoroughly pissed? Well, the New York Giants fan base, they've got to be pissed. Seems like some key calls went against them. Really had a shot at winning that game. They're 0-2. Do they have a path forward to win that division? Very weak division, but still, I don't know. Not looking good for the New York Giants. Who else is pissed? LA Charger fans are pissed again. Finding ways to lose. This was a good effort overall by the Chargers. They just had a lot of calls go against them. Seems like a game they should have won, and they didn't. Charger fans have seen enough of this. They've seen this for years. This one was a little bit different. It wasn't a field goal attempt clunking off the upright. It wasn't an interception followed by a fumble right back to the other team. It was not one of those typical Charger losses. It was just a lot of penalties and a couple of bad throws by their quarterback. And who else is thoroughly pissed? Minnesota Vikings fans got to be pissed. 
they've seen this movie before. 36, 37-yard field goal, was it? Should have been the game winner. Missed it right. Which fan bases are just thoroughly perplexed right now? Well, I'd put the Indianapolis Colts into that category. What's going on with their quarterback? Everybody seems to be banged up. Team plays well. Just can't get it done. What are we? Are we a good team? Are we an average team that just needs to find a way to win? Or do we suck? I I don't know. I'm not sure myself. And if I was a Colts fan, a little perplexed about how reliable Carson Wentz is going to be health-wise. Same old song. Might not be the Colts here. Pittsburgh Steelers fans have to be perplexed. They come out, travel to Buffalo, and hand the Bills a defeat. Then they go home to face the Las Vegas Raiders and can't get it done. Defense suffered through some injuries during that game, so they have that. But still, if I'm a Steelers fan, I'm confused. I'm perplexed. I don't know what the heck's going on. Seattle Seahawks fans have to be perplexed. Now, Seahawks fans seem to be very optimistic. They usually think Russell Wilson is the man. He's going to get it done. Let Russ cook, yada, yada, yada. Well, sometimes you let Russ cook too much. He backpedals towards his own end zone, takes a sack at the one, and your team loses the game. If you're a Seahawks fan, you're used to pulling off late wins, great throws, scrambling around in extended plays. But then you see games like this. It's like, how do we lose this game at home to the Tennessee Titans? And now you're in last place in the division. One and one, but in last place. Three teams ahead of you. Got to be a little perplexed. Kansas City Chiefs fans are probably a little perplexed, right? Seem to have the game in hand. Just got to push it down the field a little bit. Kick that field goal. Turn the ball over. Lose it home to a Ravens team that had just lost to Las Vegas. They have to be a little perplexed. I I take that with a grain of salt. I think Chief fans know what they have. They know their team is going to be in the playoffs one way or another. But got to walk out of that stadium a little perplexed, wondering how did we lose that game? That's our pumped, pissed, and perplexed fans segment. This is how these fan bases feel this morning, in my opinion. We'll do this again next week. It's time for our Rams Up, Straight Up NFL Picks. After week one, I didn't even want to talk about how I did. It was not pretty. Things improved. Week two, I went 11-5. and five, And... As I mentioned, I've been tracking three experts, comparing my results to them, and I picked up ground on two of them. I will be tracking all year long picks by three gentlemen. One of them, Lorenzo Reyes of USA Today. I don't know who he is. He doesn't know who I am. But he's been making picks for USA Today for several years, and and I don't know too many guys that are better at this than Lorenzo, so I wanted to track how he did. Another gentleman I'm following is Mike Florio of Pro Football Talk. Florio and Rodney Harrison, probably two guys at the top of the heap when it comes to hating the Rams. I wanted to see how he did. And last but not least, Pete Prisco of CBS Sports. Now, 
I like Pete Prisco. I think he provides valuable insight to NFL games, but he hasn't been particularly good at picking games. So we'll be tracking him along with me. The score after two weeks, Lorenzo, like I said, he's good at this, 20 and 12. Florio, 19 and 13. Yours truly, 18 and 14. And Prisco, 16 and 16. All of us had a poor week one. Week two, Lorenzo and I were both 11 and 5. Mike and Pete, both 10 and 6. Well, what about this week's picks? Start with Thursday night. I'm taking the Panthers over the Texans in Houston. I think the Ravens will continue to roll, knock off Jared Goff and the Lions in Detroit. Chargers, tough draw, coming off a painful loss, have to travel to Kansas City. Kansas City's trying to bounce back from that painful loss they had to the Ravens. Chiefs come out on top. Chargers will make it competitive, though. Bengals at Steelers. I'll take the home team, Pittsburgh. Colts at Titans. Titans are pumped up. And we'll take this one. Not sure if Wentz is going to be able to go. That'll help the Titans' cause. Saints at Patriots. Patriots are favored. I'm going to roll with the Saints, though. Falcons at Giants. This is probably the most difficult game to predict. Falcons actually showed pretty well offensively against the Bucks. Giants, I'm just going to go with the home team. When in doubt, that's what I'll do. Cardinals at Jags. Cardinals looking very tough, although they struggled more than I expected against the Vikings. Take the visiting team, the Cardinals. The Washington football team at Buffalo, I'll take the Bills. Washington will put up a fight defensively, but the Bills will figure it out. Jets at Broncos, I'll take Denver. The Miami Dolphins at the Las Vegas Raiders. I'm kind of torn on this one. I think I'm going to take the Raiders, but I will tell you, don't be surprised if the Dolphins pull it off. Seattle at Minnesota. I'm taking the Vikings. You heard it. Going against the grain here. Maybe I'll pick up a cheap one against these other experts because I'm sure they're all going to pick the Seahawks. Russell Wilson coming off a loss. Is probably going to figure it out. I don't care. I'm going with Minnesota. They almost beat the Cardinals. Should have beat the Cardinals. Bucks at Rams, as you already heard in my preview of this game. I always roll with the Rams. It's just in my nature. In that Sunday night game, Packers at Niners. A lot of people jumping on the Niner bandwagon. I have said that I think they're a playoff team because of that easy schedule. Not that they're not a good team. They are a very good team. But the Packers are as well. Niners have had the Packers number recently, it seems. But I'm going to take the Packers. And the Monday night game, NFC East showdown, Eagles at Cowboys. Eagles have been showing well. Early on, I picked the Cowboys to win this division. And I think they'll win this home game against a divisional rival. Take the Cowboys there. My survivor pick. Eventually, I'm going to have to stop sharing my survivor pick because... I suspect there are certain people listening in. So if it gets down to the nitty-gritty weeks 15, 16, I'm going to have to shut this down, but I'll share it with you now. Probably the most popular pick of the week, Broncos at home over the Jets. 
And I've been encouraged to add a pick of the week, and I will do so right now. We'll do this every week. The one that jumped off the screen at me is the Saints plus two and a half at the Patriots. I think people are overreacting to what happened to the Saints at Carolina. This team has been through a lot already with the hurricane and displacement. Eventually, they're going to get it back together. They're still a very good team. Winston has to play disciplined football. They are a better roster, a better team than the Patriots. They're also well coached. I'm taking the Saints plus the two and a half. Those are my Rams up straight up picks of the week plus the one additional pick. Saints plus two and a half over the Patriots. My survivor pick, the Broncos. We'll revisit next week. See how I did. That's going to do it for this episode. Remember, you can reach out to us at ramsuppodcast at gmail.com. You can visit our website at laramsup.com. And please don't forget, subscribe and give us that five-star rating. We really appreciate it. And don't forget, keep the horns up, stay safe, and have fun out there. Music courtesy of bensound.com and the YouTube Royalty Free Music Audio Library, Crimson Fly by Hama Hama.